When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Out in Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to Glory! Put them together. You better. And uh, appreciate all the contributions every day on the Specs text line. Talking about National French Friday, so that leads to a hot conversation. It says you got to go Dan's Hamburgers. Best burgers, best mm-hmm. fries, best combo. This says Five Guys Fries. Disgusting. Disgusting. Chick-fil-A waffle fries are where it's at with some honey-roasted barbecue sauce. Yeah, the Culver's thought is good because you guys steered me in the right direction Culver's, during yeah. the lentil air, lentil time when I went Lenten, there for the Lenten, Lenten time. Yeah, during for Lentil the, is uh, a soup. Fish. Lenten <laughs> for, is a season. For the fish <laughs> sandwich. So somebody's <laughs> telling me the fries are good there, too. Somebody said the Yeti Cool Wrap is pretty good, Buck. The Yeti yes. okay. Cool Wrap. Yeti, one of those great uh, Austin companies, Austin-based companies that have gone global. Me. Yeah, well, well, you know what? They're not. That's my old grandpa used to tell me: buy quality. You buy a Yeti, it's going to last forever and it'll be good. It's not going to wear out. Just get a few old rags. Now save your save your nickels. <laughs> Some old rags. Go to just go to Home Depot. Cut and up an old T-shirt and throw it in there. There you go, Ty. Well, they do good. They make good product. I will tell you that. That's what, that's what my grandpa's always talking about tools. He's like, when you're buying tools, oh, you don't buy don't buy junk. cheap tools. Oh no, because you'll be buy going good tools back and you'll have them because I mean, yeah, those old tools. I've had these forever. Last gra- you forever. And that's when Grandma says, hey, will you get this stuff out of the garage? That's what I'll get it. Hey, you've got three of those. Hey, look in there again. There's three of those. Really? How many shovels does one guy need? What did he say? Tools and work boots. Yes. Tools and work boots. Hey, this says uh, seasoned fries from Buddy's Burgers on Cameron Road. I pre- we always learn about cool places like this one. Cherrywood Coffee Shop on 38th has the best homemade fries in town. Really? See? Cherrywood Coffee Shop. Appreciate that. Dirty Martin's. And they're cheesy tots. I'm a tater tot fan. I would choose tater tots over French fries 100 oh, times out of 100. On. Really? Yes. Oh. Tater tots? Yes. Yes. Those little things that look like nuggets? Yes. Those nasty little things? I am a big fan of the tater tot potatoes. I'm out on that. I think Mrs. Paul's does tater tots. They're so good. Oh. Love tater tots. Sweet potato tots. Uh, Different fine, story. Fine. Same. I mean, I'm in. Yes. Not a sweet potato fry guy. No. Um, gosh, in and out fries, thumbs down. Uh, lifetime cooler, better than a Yeti. Okay. Well, see. if you go to in and out you got to get the fries animal style. What's, what, I'm, not, I'm afraid to ask what that means. It's like with the whatever sauce they have they put on the burgers, the onions on it. They put that on top of the fries, and they put like Sounds some, like a some, big, some big American dish cheese. right here. Oh, yeah, you got to eat it with a fork and knife. Oh. It's good stuff. Okay. Clear you up. 
I got that. This guy's giving me my free cable advice. I appreciate that. Cover three fry. I agree with that. Cover three good spot oh, yeah, and good for fries. Sure. Um, those are good. The You're taverns right fries. Ooh, some ranch. Never too far from 12th and Lamar, my friends. Uh, real quick, before we get to our headlines, then we're going to talk to Howard Griffith, talk some college football and his thoughts on this Northwestern mess and where it is and where it's headed. But also, uh, can we play this for you? We're going to hear more from Quinn Ewers at the bottom of the hour, the Texas starting quarterback. He was center of attention yesterday at Big 12 Media Days. Here it is, Buck. That, that picture, you know the picture? The pose off. The pose off. Turns out that was a planned and intentional picture that they didn't no, – no, well, here, let, let Quinn explain it, where, what the genesis of the picture was and – um, how it all came to be. Quinn Boys being dudes. Dudes being dudes, yeah. but looking pretty ripped. Here's Quinn. You know, honestly, I didn't expect it to blow up. I didn't even expect it to get posted. <laughs> but, you know, when, when Malik, um, you know, showed us kind of what he did with the post, I was like, yeah, go ahead. It's, it was funny. Um, but, no, we, we, we made this idea, I mean, months ago. We were like, hey, we're all going to stay after. We're going to hit abs. We're going to hit arms. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a picture you know, June 30th when before our July 4th week break. I mean, we're so we were we set a goal and we we wanted to hit the goal and it kind of gave us, you know, some motivation. Yeah, when Malik said, I'm going to post it and what are all you guys going to do about it? Everybody was like, "Okay." There you go. When that big tight end <laughs> slash defensive end said, "Hey, I want I'm putting this picture out there cuz look at me." Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. How do you think Charles Wright feels in that picture? Small. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, it's he, not like he looks bad. He works out with those guys. He knows. Absolutely. Arch Manning has like a 12 pack. Yeah, he's been putting in the time. There's no question about that. No, but I like the idea that this was something they thought about. Sure. They dedicated themselves. They set a goal. And then, you know, when we, we, we're going to all look good on our way to 4th of July, and we're going to post that picture. And, uh, you know, that's good stuff, camaraderie. And by all accounts, we were Quinn talking about that quarterback room and just how together they are. There's no egos in it, there's just there for one another. That seems like it's going across the board with Sark and Longhorns right now. But uh, just high, it's just talk at this point. Football starts at about uh, 51 days. That's when it really matters. Let's get to your headlines, trending topics, and then we'll talk to Howard Griffith. <laughs> Top Gun, Equipment Reynolds bring you the news. And center of attention yesterday at Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington, the Texas Longhorns. They are the preseason favorite to win the Big 12. And a confident head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, reiterated his belief that a league title is definitely a goal, leaning into the expectations, saying it would be a great send-off in the Horns' final season in the Big 12. This team is, is, is different. They have a different look in their eye. They look different on the hoof. They interact with one another differently. Um, I've used the adage, I feel like this team's on a mission. This team is is. is Right there we go. Recruiting momentum continued for Sark and the Horns yesterday as well. Commitment number 14 in the 2024 recruiting cycle came in, and they're second along the D-line. It's a pledge from Lafayette Christian Academy defensive lineman Melvin Hills. He's from Lafayette, Louisiana, 6'4", 270. Racked up nine, nearly 90 tackles, 17 for loss, six sacks as a junior. Chose Bo Davis and the Horns over LSU, Auburn, and Ole Miss. Also good news for Texas baseball. Uh, an official declaration from right-handed pitcher Tanner Witt that he indeed plans to return to the 40 Acres next season and try to improve on an 18th round draft slot that he was picked in the, by the Baltimore Orioles. He could be back as the anchor of that pitching staff next year along with LeBaron Johnson Jr. Now, no official word from LeBaron yet. Uh, soccer disappointed not on the pitch for both Austin FC and the U.S. men's national team. Austin lost at Vancouver in a midweek, midweek matchup. 2-1 to one to Vancouver FC. No Daniel Pereira last night. As you heard from Eric Goodman last hour, couldn't travel because of visa issues. Uh, Rodney Redis notched his first career goal, but it was the only goal for the Verde last night. They'll hope they'll be back on the pitch Saturday night at Q2 Stadium, hosting Sporting KC. Also last night in Panama, U.S. men's national team lost in a shootout in the Gold Cup semifinal to 
uh, to the Panamanians. 5-4 was the final match ended in a 1-1 tie. Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs added to their great year uh, at the ESPY Awards last night, ESPN's annual award show. They were named the best team in sports this past year, while their quarterback Patrick Mahomes honored as the top male athlete uh, on best NFL player as well. Assistant skier Michaela Schifrin received the award for the best women's sports athlete. Caleb Williams of USC. Iowa basketball star Caitlin Clark honored as the male and female collegiate athletes of the year. Lifetime Longhorn Scotty Scheffler honored as the golfer of the year. And then LeBron James honored with the best record-breaking performance award for passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the NBA's all-time scoring mark. And he then officially announced he will return to the Lakers for a 21st season this fall. Austin uh, FC goaltender Brad Stuver, by the way, nominated for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award. His second straight year, but the award again went elsewhere. Milwaukee Bucks point guard Drew Holiday and his wife won that. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. It's hot outside, and so's our deal this month for a free Hustler generator with purchase of select Hustler Zero Turn mowers at Top Gun. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Hey, look, some tater tot love coming in. This says, I'm with E, like the tots. Sonic, those tater, tots huh? Sonic taters and tots and a chili dog. <laughs> it says tots are vastly superior to plain old silly French fries. See? Yeah. Try them out. I think when I was in that's the, what I get when I ask for a home fries in the morning at places. I think I did that tater tot looking this, thing. You know, some things get to get put into the recesses of your brain. But coming, I should have mentioned this coming out of the Fourth of July competitive eating. I, when I was in fifth grade, I did a challenge to eat like everybody put their tater tots on my tray, and I, and you I had, took yeah, them apart. Huh? I ate them all, man. <laughs> Thank y'all. Then I had to go back to class for the rest of the day. That was not oh. good, but yeah, I'm, that was the tater tot king. Wow. Uh, for a short amount of time, that was an honor. Not long-lived. Hey, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline. Whenever we talk college football or there's a big story around surrounding the Big Ten, we have to go to the Vaqueros hotline and talk to Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, based in Chicago, <laughs> where the epicenter of this Northwestern mess, and he's with us this morning. Howard, uh, thanks for doing this. Good morning. How's your summer? You know what? It's uh, coming to an end very quickly with uh, Media Day right around the corner. It's Actually, ended up having to go to work early this week because uh, we've had some issues with Northwestern. Oh, come on. You know the weather there. You probably got, what is it, 100 there in Chicago these days? No, it's not even close. It's been raining like the last, you know, week and a half. I haven't been able to get out on my bike. This is really traumatic for me. i got to be out on the road bike and not able to do it. This is just raining around here. Griff, do you, do you pedal through the city? I mean, are you going oh, downtown man. Chicago with that bike? Spots that you know? Not downtown Chicago. Not, not downtown <laughs> Chicago, but I'll ride on the lake. I am going to ride to Champagne in the next two weeks, though. That's, that's that awesome. What? Really yeah. But, uh, yeah. Hey, that's Something awesome. like 140 miles. I can do that. Howard, I, uh, my, aunt, my, my, uh, my mom's oldest sister lives in Chicago downtown, and whenever we go up there, we've been up many times for trips, and we always do a long day of bike riding along the, uh, the, the lake and then up through the, the little towns and the zoo area up there. It's really That's a good time on a, on a oh, summer yeah. day. Hey, how was that NASCAR race? Did that slow you down? I heard traffic was a mess when they shut everything down for that NASCAR race a couple weeks ago. Yeah, traffic was, was bad, but you know what? It wasn't too bad. It ended up being a, an outstanding event. It rained all that during that time as well. So, like I said, it's been a couple of uh, rough weeks as far as weather is concerned. But uh, it looks like it went off without a hitch. They didn't have any problems. Actually, that's not true. The night before the race, some Chicagoans decided they wanted to break in and try their own cars. On, on, no. On the and they got away with it. Oh, yeah. And they got away with it. Too. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Hey, once Griff, what's going on in Evanston? What's going on? What's going on in, in, in your neck of the woods? And, you know, I mean, being a part of the Big Ten Network, you've been there. You've been to practices. You've 
talk to Pat Fitzgerald. You've been around that football team as well as all those teams in the Big Ten. This is a true, true mess. This has nothing to do with being a big, tough guy, I don't believe, and, and, and what's going on back in the day 20, 30 years ago or whatever. No, it isn't. Um, and, you know, going back, what, almost a week now, uh, Friday, you know, Coach Fitzgerald and uh, the president had decided after the findings, after the six-month investigation, they decided that they were going, had negotiated a, a two-week uh, suspension without pay that had started last Friday. Uh, and then the student newspaper, the Daily uh, Northwestern, came out with their article uh, exposing some of the things and, and some of the things that were not only in the apparently in the investigation, but also uh, talking with several players. And some of the stuff that has come out of there uh, has been, you know, really shocking. Um, and I've been in a lot of locker rooms, but some of the things that they, you know, these guys were allegedly doing in their hazing practices was just way out of control and way over the line. And you got to believe the way some of this sounds, it also is criminal. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it, right? And, and Howard, you've had uh, your son, you played college football, of course, with Bucky at Illinois, but your son played at Notre Dame. You've been around this, and we had some saying, come on, this is just uh, uh, routine stuff. Obviously, if you read the report in the Northwestern school paper, uh, I don't think anybody would be down with what was going on there. And as, as you said, it might even be criminal uh, to, to some level. Uh, and, and no parent or no young person should be put through what, that, what, the, what was going on there. No, and, you know, listen, I think all coaches say this in one in one way or one shape or form that you know everything that goes on inside of this program starts and stops uh with them in that corner office and and pat had talked about i believe in a, a video from 2013 to 2014 that there were alternatives there were other things that hazen should not be accepted that there were other ways to quote unquote bring new players into the culture and um you know there's no listen i I was on a team at Illinois where we would cut freshmen's hair, you know, and we all thought that, that was pretty funny. And then Makovic sat us down one day and he said, guys, it's, it's not funny. It might be funny to you, but when that young man uh, talks to his parents, it, it's not funny. And the challenge is I go sit in these living rooms and I tell them that I'm going to make sure I look out for your child. And when that child goes off to college and something like this happens, even a, you know, a haircut, which seems to be, you know, uh, minor compared to some of the things that allegedly went on in Northwestern, it's still my responsibility as a coach to make sure uh, that those young people are taken care of. And it's very clear. Uh, he says he didn't know, but I find it difficult to believe um, that someone in his organization did not report this. But I also believe it comes down to leadership. And leadership is different each and every year on every team. So when I say this, and I say that when things like this hazing becomes, you know, this uh, this bad at a place, there was poor leadership because there's no way, there's no way that if you had good leadership, good captains, um, and just you know, a lot of good people on the team, that pe nobody thought that this, everybody thought that this apparently was okay, except for a couple of people. So you know, it starts with leadership, and every team that that I've been a part of that is you know, messed around with this hazing type stuff has not been a good football team. Yeah, And they were 1-11 last year, and, and <laughs> even not being a good football team, some of that had to spill over into to how they, you know, their camaraderie and, and, and stuff like that. And Howard, for, you know, 
for Pat Fitzgerald, it's not just 17 years of being the head coach. He's been around that program for, what, almost 30 years? Yeah, 26 years he's been around there as a player, an assistant, and then ultimately the last 17 as a as a uh, head coach. And and this is this is a very uh, a very unique situation. Um, you know, Pat was somebody that if you told them that they would be there for 30 years, you would believe that Pat Fitzgerald would be at Northwestern for 30 years. It just seemed to be, you know, the perfect fit. Um, he truly was, think about it, this is a world-class academic institution, but he was really the face of mm-hmm. the university. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, Saban has taken on that role, but uh, at Alabama, there's several coaches that have, you know, when you are synonymous with the program, but I don't think anywhere um, here in America where you would have found coaches or people that didn't understand that, that Pat Fitzgerald was everything to Northwestern. Grown, grown up in Illinois, you know, two-time defensive player of the year at Northwestern, had a, a great high school career, and then to, you know, be on a Rose Bowl team at Northwestern and all the things that go along with that. Um, this is really, I got to say, this has really set the program back because when you think about this, Chicago's a pro town through and through. It's not going to be a lot of talk radio about what's going on, whether it's – it'll be a little bit about Notre Dame, a little bit about Illinois, but no one really talks about Northwestern unless they were doing really, really well. Um, and for Northwestern to really be on the cover of, of most uh, newspapers and, and magazines throughout the, the country – uh, really put a negative light for for an institution is really all about academics. I mean, it's academics first there, but this scandal has thrown them into a you know a light that that they're not accustomed to. And quite frankly, no one has talked about North. I can't remember Northwestern, even their Rose Bowl team, being talked about so much on talk radio as they have been uh, this this last week. So it's been a black eye for, for the university. They've got a situation also going on with baseball uh, that they're trying to get rectified. I don't think they've done anything with that, but a lot of, uh, a lot of bad comments. And it, it appears that the baseball coach is not a good guy. So it, it's been, it's been a tough um, few weeks or a couple tough weeks for, for Northwestern, at least publicly. You know, we hear whistleblowers and all this stuff. Did the university, did the paper do a good job? Did the kids do a good job? They did a phenomenal job. Because and, and I look at it this way, right? And I mentioned this earlier. The president and Pat, Pat Fitzgerald negotiated a what they called a suspension, right? The the paper released their findings or their articles started on Saturday, and immediately Saturday evening, uh, the president kind of said, "Well, wait a minute, I need to re reassess this situation." And forty eight hours later. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald was terminated. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people that are saying, listen, Pat's a great guy. He's changed my life. And, and I expect former players to do that because they've, sure. they've been in that locker room. They've been around. Pat. I, I totally expect that. But both things can be true with him being a great guy and changing people's lives, but also not doing enough to make sure that these young people were, uh, were protected. And he says he didn't know anything about it, and that's something that's going to ultimately play out. Uh, ultimately, I think in, in the court, in the courts, because he's, you know, he's he's instructed his his uh, representatives to to make sure that they do everything possible 
to make sure that you know his name is cleared. So this thing is going to play out for a while longer um, in the court system, or at least be litigated. And you know this football team has to figure out a way to to move forward. They've got a coach in place, but he's not called the interim head coach. He, I, no one really knows what this title means that he has, and nobody can really say he's. So they're saying he's kind of the steward of the program right now. Um, but they've got to figure out what they want to do coaching-wise uh, and how that's going to work. And also, you have to believe that, you know, if, if Pat knew, did anyone else know on the on the coaching staff? Yeah, I so think that's – retain all the support staff yeah. in that as well. Yeah, I think that's what the, the key thing is. Those guys had to be around there, and nobody's – Eyes are just closed to what goes on. So somebody needed to be informing the coach that this is what's going on. It can't be the coach saying, I didn't know this was happening because you got nine other guys that need to know that that do know something or one of the nine knows something that's happening there. Yeah, and, and you know, it's one of the things. But, and, you know, these, these programs uh, with support staff sure. have gotten gigantic. And they're huge. And so their student trainers, their trainers, period, because I, I know the people that know everything that's yes. going on are usually the trainers and sure. the equipment people, know everything. And I'm not, I'm not trying to throw those uh, people under the bus and say they should have known about this. But my experience in locker rooms, those are the people that know everything. They know everything. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and someone, if someone <laughs> so, could have reported that up the, up the yeah. chain of command and then put an end to yeah. it. Howard, it's going to be no an doubt. interesting situation. Uh, real quick, as we're looking forward to the college football season, you'll head to Big Big Ten Media Days coming up. You'll also do your, your bus tour yeah. of all the schools. I know that's always a fun deal for you. I saw where Phil Steele's college football preview came out and had three Big Ten teams in the top five with Michigan, Ohio State, and uh, Penn State. Are those three teams you know, national title contenders in your mind? Yeah, I think we still need to see a little bit more from Penn State. But Drew Aller, they're, they're uh, talented uh quarterback that's going to be taking over this year you really showed some some bright spots I mean he is a I think he has all the makings of being a, a really special quarterback um, we just have to be able to see him do it on a, on a consistent basis week in and week out it's a little bit different to, to come in you know in the fourth quarter and be able to take a few snaps and throw the ball around a little bit but he's shown so much promise so if they, if they can get that going uh, defensively, they'll be fine. Manny Diaz did a tremendous job with them last year. They lost some guys, but they're going to be in a great spot. Ohio State is loaded, arguably has uh, one of the top two or three college football players in America with Marvin Harrison Jr., but they've got to find a way to get him the football. And they'll they'll do that. They'll move him around, but they'll be breaking in a new quarterback. And as you guys know, uh, you know, the quarterback position – uh, when you're playing for a team that's expected to p- compete for the national title, that's a big responsibility for a first-time starter. So they'll figure they'll have to figure that out. But Michigan is is loaded. You know they've they've been able to to, to plug some holes. So some of the guys that they lost, arguably the the best uh, running back tandem in college athletic once uh, Quorum is back 100%. Uh, so those three teams are 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 really loaded and ready to go. I think Nebraska is a team that, that we also need to keep an eye Ooh. on. Matt Rule, who's taken over that program, you know, he's got a lot of transfers that have come in there, and you know, he's a builder, uh, and he's really had a chance to really evaluate that uh, program 
because he was out of college football. So he, you know, had, had an eye on Nebraska for quite a while before he was named the head coach. So I think that's going to be a an interesting an interesting team to follow uh, when we go into this last year of East and West divisions before USC and UCLA join the conference next year. Yeah, much like the Big 12. A lot of change coming, and certainly SEC with Texas and yeah. Oklahoma. Hey, Howard, thanks a lot. Appreciate the insight right there from uh, uh, the, the city of Chicago, the second city. That was good stuff. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Griff. All right, guys. Take care. Look forward to catching up with you guys once the tour starts. There you go. We do, too. There you go. Howard Griffith and all things Northwestern and getting on his bike. He's just ran it, ran it out his bike ride. Yeah, I mean, he was – I mean, he just said that, listen, his son has played – He's a, Howard Griffith is a fullback, two-time Super If you, if you read winner. the report that came out Saturday from the – North, because the school paper waited to see what the punishment was going to be. Then they delivered – here's okay – a two-week suspension for this. They hadn't put yeah. that out yet, and that's what really changed the equation. And uh, that is, it was, it was the lawsuits have just begun. Yeah, it's going to sure. be a while. Well, look, he was a great coach. I mean, he was a centerpiece there, and he is the face of that program. But I, I like the way Howard phrased that. Both can be true. He could help to made a lot of people grow from young, great young people to great young men. Uh, at a, at a, he's right. I mean, to win at the level he did, I mean, that's like Rice or Vanderbilt. It is. I mean, that's a great very school. much. Yep. And you're in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, it's the, he did a great job, but you know, same time, someone's got to someone's got to take the fall for something like that. Um, you know, at the, in Baylor, they cleaned everybody out, right? And uh, or, um, yes, and then, but then, remember, they brought in Jim Grobe to kind of be the steward of the program for the one year. Uh, if memory this serves, isn't as bad though, right? No, 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 no. no. But it, it, you know, when you change a coach this far into the you know, close to the season, how do you? And then, but but the, the, it's it's parallels Baylor in that it was re- really you know, terrible stuff happening behind the scenes that should have been known about. Yeah, and guys, once again, this is some of this is sexual assault. I mean, you gotta. It's oh, not yeah. just a. He said criminal. Yeah. It says uh, look out for Nebraska. What? Well, well, I know. I was like, I mean, really? Well, Howard's usually on point with these things. That's why wow. we love talking to him. Like Matt Rule can coach. Now he wasn't an NFL coach. We've known that. Right. that was proven. But that dude can coach at Temple and at Baylor, and it only took him yes, three years did. to get that Baylor program to the top. And I, I, it's interesting. I mean, if you if you thumb through your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, the Bible of Texas football, guess what you find there in in, in the early part of the magazine, an advertisement with Matt Rule and his coaching staff welcoming, saying hi to all the high school coaches in the state of Texas. Best of luck this season, wow. young people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, they he'll bought be ad- here. He'll be here. Oh yeah. They bought ad time. They're they're going to try to get in and use those those deep. Tim, we didn't ask Paul about Paul Crisp. If, if that if that is a because what are they going to do with some of those coaches? Some of those they like you said he he knows that they have a bunch of new guys on that defense. The guy who's now in charge or whatever they're calling him, um, they've got a bunch of new coaches in there, and a lot of them. Well, Paul Crisp would be. I think they would beg to get Paul Crisp, but would Paul Crisp take that gig right now? I, I think Paul Chris is in a spot where he feels like Texas can do something special this year, and then and he, he can go off. Yes, you know, put himself back in the mix for bigger jobs, and not a job that's got all this scandal going on. True, and, uh, just my guess. But again, who knows? Paul Chris is the uh, the offensive analyst for Steve Sarkeesian, knows the Big Ten, coached at Wisconsin a long time. Uh, would be an obvious, you know, opera guy. That would that be like very to talk chancy to, to do. There's yeah. a ceiling to what you can do at Northwest, no doubt. And you know, and they've been reaching that and above that because they've been putting out first round draft choices. And they've been competing. They played in the Big Ten championship game just a couple of years ago. They went one eleven last year. So it was a and maybe you know this all is a symptom of a bigger problem they were having. Yeah, have they have not had some offensive line studs? Yeah, come out of there and defense. Sean Slater was back. a twelfth pick. Yeah, I mean they've had a couple of first round picks. He's done an unbelievable job. But uh, and they've competed at the highest levels of the Big Ten. But same time, 
Um, you know, there is a ceiling. I do believe that. But same time, Paul Christ, could he do better than that big picture if Texas has a great season? Uh, he'd be putting himself back in the mix for some of those really, really bigger jobs in the Big Ten and, and around college football. All right, we'll come back, uh, pick up the uh, Big 12 Media Days coverage. We're going to hear from Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, uh, their thoughts on the 2023 season. Coming back. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, being here with you, thank you to Howard Griffith and uh, good stuff on the Northwestern situation, a little college football. Yeah, I think Michigan. I think Michigan. I mean, they have to pick Michigan, right, until Ohio State proves they can go toe-to-toe and muscle them and, and, you know, be as physical as Michigan. I mean, Michigan, Well, they got the veteran quarterback coming right, back. Right, and they've got J.J. McCarthy coming back. and Those two running backs. For sure. I mean, uh, you know, who would have thought that a few years ago when Ryan Day was talking about hanging 100 on Michigan. <laughs> Talking out of his, you know what? And now they're talking about getting rid of him if he can't beat me. Hey, that's the job. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're. I mean, Ohio State's been as consistent a program as there is in college football for the last, you know, thirty years. But you know, Ohio State fans would tell you that it's been great, but they've only won two championships in all that time. And uh, you know, they're in the top five every single year, even back to the John Cooper days. Oh yeah, Jim Tressel. I mean, they had the one year with when Tressel was out and Luke Fickle took over. But other than that, they're they're in the mix. Urban Meyer right into now Ryan Day, but you know only two natties in all that time, thirty years, two natties, Buck. But you know every year they're in the top three recruiting. Yeah, and this is a big year. But I, I think Michigan's the favorite, even though Phil Steele in the Big Ten has Michigan behind Ohio State. Ohio State two, Michigan three. Well, that's how it starts out. Seems like every year, you know. They got flip flop that, but who's playing quarterback for Ohio State? They got to figure it out. I mean, they. They, they they think they know, but the competition will will play into the spring into a fall fall camp. Not the case at Texas because Quinn Ewers is the starting quarterback. And yesterday, thanks to our friends at uh, Hay City Store and Ice House, and our buddy uh, Richard over with One Source Gas and his great team there, all your compressed gas needs. Uh, our crew was on site at Big Twelve Football Media Days and had a chance to talk to Quinn Ewers. He sat down with uh, Craig and uh, and Jeff, and uh, one of the questions they asked Quinn was his uh, confidence level. Coming off of last year, obviously there were times, Buck, you know, he had the, the great first quarter against Alabama, played a hell of a game against Oklahoma when he came back from the injury, he suffered against Alabama, but then there were the wobbly games, right? The Stillwater game, the uh, the TCU game, where just the whole offense looked inept, the Baylor game that they won, kind of despite Quinn Ewers in the passing game, they just started running the ball on Dave Aranda's team, uh, but Quinn... Played a very nice bowl game, even though they lost the game to Washington. Here's Quinn yesterday when asked about his confidence level level entering the 2023 season. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing for sure. Um, you know, I feel like I've had a great spring. I had a great spring uh, spring ball and, and, and winter and, you know, summer. Summer workouts are going great. PRP is going great. I mean, it's only growing. So I'm excited to see where I'm at after fall camp. Um, and I couldn't be more excited for this year. I'm ready. All right, uh, and he's also excited, Buck, for the team uh, because it's not just about the players and, and the talent. It's about the camaraderie within the team. Here's Quinn on the, the, the bond this team has, has built together headed into this year. You know, what excites me the most um, is something that's not even on the field, just the relationships we've built throughout this, throughout this time. I mean, you know, all these guys, um, we're all in the same boat and we're rowing together this year. We're not rowing, we're not rowing against each other, mm-hmm. so – I'm excited to see what we do on the field and, you know, what we do off the field, you know, as, as, a, as a team. I mean, I feel like all of us has grown so much closer um, this past season or this past year, and I couldn't be more excited to see 
see what we're capable of. Let's uh, add to that with Quinn. You were talking about the entire quarterback room itself. We heard him at the top of the hour talking about where the picture came from and the five guys posing and the, the flex. But uh, it says that room is, is part of his confidence that these are five guys that are pulling for one another. The whole QB room, I mean, I, I'm so blessed to be in such a good QB room. I mean, nobody's trying to, you know, find ways around or throw somebody under the bus. And There's none of that. I mean, we're all we're all in it together, and we have such good time. Those are, like, my best friends on the team. It's, so, you know, because I'm with those guys all the time, and, you know, we get along so well. It's rare, honestly, for everyone to, to kind of be the same and act the same. Do you get along with that dude right there? Right there behind you there? Yeah, you know, sometimes. Sometimes, no. <laughs> I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, you know, both of us have kind of grown up together in the system. Um, he, was here, he was here a year earlier than me, but, you know, I feel like we've kind of seen each other grow, um, which ultimately just makes us, you know, want to grow together. All right, he was pointing, Craig Way was pointing at uh, Xavier Worthy, who was standing behind them. And obviously that was a, a, a source of frustration last year, Buck, the, for, the, for the fans and obviously for the team. You know, Quinn Ewers, you know, all the targets of, of uh, Xavier Worthy and some of them connected, but a lot missed and, you know, a lot, some were dropped by Xavier Worthy in big spots. Can we hear this too? Because I wanted to play this, Buck, because it's interesting. Xavier Worthy sat down with Craig and Jeff, and uh, this is a focal figure for Texas. I mean, we know... That quarterback, I mean, the receiver room is really talented, but yep. safe to say for the Longhorns to hit their ceiling this year, he needs to get back to and you know, even get build on what he did as a freshman and himself. Here's here's Craig with Xavier Worthy, Craig and Jeff with Xavier Worthy for a couple minutes uh, talking about the upcoming season. To bring everybody up to speed on how you feel physically, mentally, the excitement of getting ready for this uh, coming season. Right. Um, I feel like this is the best my body's ever felt since I've been in college. So, um Really, um, I want to thank our coaching staff, you know, our weight room staff. They've really been getting me right and taking care of me. So, Two-part question, X. How's, how's the hand? And then just everything that, that went into last year for you, once you got a chance to get through the bowl game and sit down and you know, decompress and process, just how would you process everything that you went through last year? Um, my hand's completely healed now. Um, I've been getting my catches in every day working on that and um i feel like um a lot of people don't understand how the mental really messes with athletes so mm-hmm. i feel like i just after the season i just took time like sat down and got my mental right and um, i feel like i'm good now what um other than obviously getting uh healthy i i, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we just asked quinn about it and you talked about how much fun he has working with you and how you guys are he kept it describing it as putting in the work putting in the work you guys were putting in a lot of work right what has that been like in the offseason once you got healthy again? And not just with him, but we were also talking about Malik and Arch and all, all working with the quarterbacks, what that's been like for you in this offseason. Right. Uh, I feel like this has been better than any since I've been here. Um, we've been getting, like, more extra work in, uh, throws at the practice, um, whether that's in the weight room or, like, even after, like, a little prayer around practice. So um, I feel like we've, that's been better with us. One guy I want to ask you about, uh, it's good that we're getting you early in the morning, I want to ask you about Terrence Brooks because, you know, you look at some of the other pieces in that secondary. I mean, we saw what Ryan did last year. and uh, You know, we've seen Jaron and some of those other guys. But Terrence playing that, that field corner position, when you've kind of – I don't know if you've, how much you've gotten a chance to go against him and some of the one-on-ones you guys have done. But where have you seen Terrence kind of grow from the experience he got last year? Um, I feel like Terrence grew mentally. Um, obviously, he's physically a freak. So, <laughs> But mentally, I feel like he's grown and he's more mature now. You, you've gone against some of the best corners in the league, some of the best corners in the country. You feel like he's got his tools? 
can get him there if, if the mental part is right. Yeah, definitely. I feel like Terrence has the tools for that. Um, if you were rating uh, who the best interview out of your teammates here at Big 12 Media Day. Oh, that's easy. Uh, I start saying, other than you. Other, J- other Jay Witt, definitely. Really? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I call him old man. You know what I'm saying? He's uncle, <laughs> so that's why I said <laughs> like, Jay Witt. All right, there you go. Jay yeah. Witt. He, and and, and he's, Xavier sounds like a, an older player now, which yeah. he is. Two years, you know, he's two years removed from being that freshman. He mm-hmm. sounds like a mature football player ready to, to perform. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the, they took he five. talks about his body being in sure. the best shape ever. Well, they took five players, but this is this speaks to the expectation for Texas and how good they can be. Because, you know, there are guys here like, well, why didn't they bring Jatavion Sanders? Why didn't they bring, you know, Ryan Watts on the defensive side or, uh, or uh, you know, Jaron Thompson, who was so good last year in the secondary? And that's the thing. They have a lot of good players. So, they're you know, you only take five. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, Kelvin Banks, you know, could have been there, uh, obviously, the – the now sophomore left tackle. He will be there from this point on. Yeah, well, maybe one more year and then yeah. off to the National Football League. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the level of excitement for this team because they, they have a lot of good players. They have, I mean, and guess what? Xavier Worthy, he's going to have to fight to be the best receiver because this guy, A.D. Mitchell, I was at the spring game. That's a dude right there. He's playing at Georgia, and he came here to ke- catch more balls. And, uh, you know, that's a run-based offense at Georgia. He wants to be in a dynamic, you know, big yeah, play passing game. He's looking to get in the league. And... If you were at the spring game, I mean, to me, having been at the spring game, he, he um, with about, what, 50, 50 60,000 of you folks out there, the two guys that stood out the most on offense were Malik Murphy and A.D. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And those two guys, I mean, they just jumped off the field. Now, Quinn was good, wasn't bad, wasn't bad at all. And then there were other guys that played well. But those two guys just, man, look at that. That's that's a – and so, yeah, man, Xavier Worthy, with that, with Jordan Whittington, with Isaiah Nayer back, who – you know, if he, we didn't see him last year, but we heard just how good he could be. And then that didn't even count Jatavion Sanders. So, you know, they've got weapons. And Quinn, you know, I'm reading a story right now that just came out from TheAthletic.com by Bruce Feldman, who's one of the best in, in the industry of college football writing. It's all about Quinn Ewers. It says, after an offseason of change, Quinn Ewers is ready to lead Texas football. And, you know, everybody came away pretty impressed with Quinn because his first paragraph of his story said, um, he said, uh, you probably wouldn't recognize Quinn Ewers these days. Truth is, a lot of people don't. The mullet is gone, so we're almost 20 pounds. Uh, the attitude better. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, if that, that, that guy right there in that position is really the ceiling of this team. If, if, For sure. If, if he cranks it up and becomes a high-level quarterback, th- they're going to be pretty darn good. Might need to get him in, like, a communications class, though. Why? He, could, he needs to work on his interviews. What skills. if I had interviewed you when you were 19 or 20 years old? How would that have gone? I'm a... <laughs> I'm, You're a, I'm a performer, Aaron. Come on. Remember, this guy is a performer. I always put myself in their shoes. I would not be a good. I would not have been a good. It interview was the at first first interview of the morning, but I, I've heard him a few times. He's a not that I'm not an um or you know like oh, guy, but he, that that's one thing I definitely noticed. Listen, he to will him. have more interviews and he will grow with the interviews. He will understand all that stuff. Yeah, that's a position where that's definitely that's important, though. Well, I mean, it's also a position where well, when you have success, you, you learn an awful lot by having success on the field. And Sark spoke a lot yesterday about how, how he handled the failure of last year. That that yes. was his most, that was his, because I, I, he was doing the ESPN interview, ESPN interview on TV with Dusty Dvorak and, um, you know, Andre Ware was there and they asked him what, because he said he, he thinks Quinn Ewers has everything to be a big time, you know, first round draft pick, you know, NFL quarterback. And Andre Ware, a former quarterback too, said, asked him, what is it that you've seen that makes him, that and he said, "Look, he's got all the physical skills, but what I took from last year was how he handled the bad games, and how he didn't point mm-hmm. fingers, 
Uh, he didn't get down on his teammates. And, and he actually said inside of the Alamo Bowl where he said, you know, I, I go back to the Alamo Bowl where most of our team played poorly in that game. We didn't play good. And he said, that's on me as a coach and the coaching staff. But Quinn Ewers played a really good game. And we didn't win. Uh, but he was still down with his team. He was rooting for his team. And that's, that's right, Buck. I mean, in sports, it's sure how you handle success. But how do you handle the bad? And I think that is a, a good point by Sark that through all of it last year, in a fishbowl like Austin, he never got down on himself. He never got down on his team. Uh, the body language may not have always looked great. Well, you're the quarterback. You're going to take the blame. And if you can take that blame, even when, when you, even if you have a good game, but you take on the responsibility as I, there's something I should have done yeah. to help this team win. I mean, if he can handle all that stuff, he'll be just fine. Yeah, he's not. He, Ty's right. He doesn't sound. He doesn't come off like Sam Ellinger did. I mean, Sam Ellinger was like a. He's like a, a little bit more polished. Oh, he, po- he could have run for office when he was in high school. That guy. We remember we used to come in here when he's 17 years oh, yeah, old. That's right. He would be with us. And I got a son the same age, and I'm like, you don't act like the 17 year old that lives in my house, uh, or at least talk like. But uh, you know, Sam was one. Sam was always mature beyond his years. I think Quinn has grown up a lot in the last year here in Austin, Texas. All right, we'll be back. Uh, load up the blitz, man. It was really good yesterday. Let's bring this strong. Four four seven three seven seven six. It's a buck off Thursday blitz. Uh, coming back, be any other horn. Where you get that from? Did someone want to tell you that? Did someone want to tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just the gossip brought to you by the icy cold frosty Bud Lights, which that song right there, that enter- entertainment tonight theme book, cues you to load up the blitz. 447 3776, because you know it's coming next after we get you the gossip brought to you by the Bud Lights. Hey, uh, New York Jets are going to be the Hard Knocks team. It's been rumored and it's now official. New York J E T E Jets, Jets, Jets. They will be your hard knocks team of 20 and 23. You in? Training camp? Aaron um, Rodgers? I don't want it, but it's New York. Gotta have it, right? Gotta have it. HBO said, oh, yeah. And <laughs> NFL told the Jets, no, no, no. Yeah. We may not get Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs because you're on the, they're on the, he's on the Jets. We're gonna get him on hard knocks. We're gonna give him, get us some Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna get us some ayahuasca. We're gonna get us some mushrooms. Shrooms. We, we get some good shroom stuff behind the scenes with uh, A-Rod? We're going to get a little bit of everything, yeah. I like that. I'm in. Jets also have Brees Hall and uh, Austin's own Garrett Wilson. Randall Cobb. Randall. Randall's back. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, well, that, that's Who's his, carrying the bags? Probably his mushroom for buddy. Rogers. Who's doing that? Hey, Somebody's got to bring the bags Jets, in. Jets, I'll, I'll come over there, but you got to bring about three or four of the guys I like to do mushrooms with and yeah. have them over. Mercedes Lewis will be there soon. Yeah, oh and Mercedes Lewis, the ageless one. Okay, so that's official. Also, we told you earlier that uh, Netflix has announced that they're coming out with a new Johnny Manziel documentary called uh, Untold. It's about a part of their Untold series, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football, it's called. You in on that? I am. I, like, I, I think that'll be good. That will be good. You and I were... Covering that, and uh, it was a story a day with old Johnny Football. And that was all the way back to when he was playing high school football at Kerrville. Gosh. Guy was a knucklehead there, but damn, was he good. That boy really good. He was damn good. It says you spelled the Jets with an E. No, that's yeah. it. I was mimicking a soundbite we usually play, but Ty has never found it. How long have you been I, listening to this show, by the way? Yeah. The hockey is in use right now, so I couldn't. I can't double up like that. I got gotcha. you. But, yes, I'm very bad at it. Well, that was the, who was the guy? The player spelled it wrong at the draft. He was, G-D-G. Yes, that, I'm sorry. I, I can spell yes. Jets. Yes, we got that. He part. couldn't. Also from Salacious Gossip, 
Um, how about this, Buck? Guy in Iowa got arrested for public intoxication. Cops found him lying in an intersection, snoring. Turned out he'd been at a wedding reception uh, three miles away and apparently tried to walk home. Didn't make it. Ended up in the middle of the road. What? <laughs> That's some wedding. That'll happen. Woo! That shouldn't happen right That shouldn't there. happen. No. But good driving home. But it's true. That's true. Ty, you've uh, stumbled home intoxicated several times. You haven't ended up in uh, the river either, or the lake, Lady no, Bird Lake. I've, I've made it past the, uh, the Lake Austin, the Rainy Street Strangler or whatever The Rainy that Street Ripper. Wow. Starting to think that's a real deal. Rainy Street Ripper. I'm not kidding about that either. I think there's something going on. How about in Nebraska, a YouTuber? A YouTuber recently bought an old nuclear missile silo in Nebraska, and he turned it into his home. <laughs> yeah. Turned it into his house. Uh, if that sounds appealing, he's now put it on the market for 750000 bucks. You could live in a nuclear nuclear missile silo. I'm going to look at it and say, no. oh, kind of cool. It's got, like, elevator shafts and all kinds of stuff. It's like a nice spot there. Nice and cool underground. Yeah, under the ground. I remember a buddy of mine I grew up with who's very unique that way. He bought a house that's got, he made, he wanted a house with a bomb shelter. One in house with a bomb shelter. So I just want to be in a tree house. Ooh, I like under. I'm in on that. Okay, there's, there's that. What do you have, like a fire escape down? Like a little pole? Oh, yeah. My wife, and I, my wife and I spend a couple days in a tree house. Hey, and guess what? Have you heard this? And guess who is Tarzan? Have you, have you, ever, have you ever heard the, the, the rumors have resurfaced of Tom Brady maybe uh, commingling with Kim Kardashian? Have you seen this? Power couple. But this has started to percolate again? We're just having a visit, probably. Where's that jiu-jitsu I mean, instructor at? Let me just say this for the GOAT, Tom Brady. You cannot go from Giselle, right? Classy, world's highest paid model, just global icon to... I mean, how many people have run through Kim Kardashian? I mean, she's like... Not to mention there's just a straight porn. I mean, he can't go there, Tom. Everybody knows. He knows what he's getting, at least. Dude. Talk about... To the rest of us. I mean, stay stay, stay high. Stay classy. A little bit, at least. I know she's a billionaire and all, but I don't know, man. Come on, Tom. Don't say it ain't so. Let's go to the Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck, the half under factory warranty, in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, everybody's doing these summertime things. Yeah, I like these shots there. First Blitzer, you're up. The bathing suits. Oh, I'm in Belize. Hey, few schools have failed to live up to expectations quite like the modern-day Longhorns. 0-13 oh, since 2009 in Big 12 championships. 91 and 72 is their overall record. Have a good day. Historian. Yes, as I heard on Ball Don't Lie yesterday afternoon, uh, the over under win total bet, the Longhorns have p- pulled the under. 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 13 out of the last 14 years. Wow. Next Blitzer, you're up. Yeah. If this is truly the end, I want to give a shout out to all the fellow Blitzers Tiger Mike, OU Mark, Tavo, Little Kev, Bev Cardi, Roberto Kraft, Bigger, Blind Sean, Death Dave. Tongueless Tim, Earless Aaron, Wags, Trey, BK, Zay, Ty, all the producers, even Ari. If this is the end, I'm going down in the flurry with Barbecue Bob, burning it up. 
burnt down the Austin Radio Network, baby. Burn it down. Oh! Wow. Shut it Did down. you get them all? Let's go. You got everybody. And Who's we'll... earless Dave? Uh, what I don't the know. hell is that? We will have a blitz tomorrow, though, but I'm glad you did that. Wow. Yeah. Earless? Listen, if the, if, the, if the horn and the Austin Radio Network burns down.